Good evening, brothers and sisters. Uh, I'm finally back with my home church. Um, why do I say this? Because I've been just literally back-to-back meetings every day, uh, talking to people all over the world, churches, saints, everywhere. And um, some are just continuously sending invitation on these kind of Zoom-type conferences. Um, but in all of this, I remember I forgot my where I'm from. I'm from Irvine. So um, I said, what's going on? You, you forgot your home church. You got, forgot your own tribe, your own people. So uh, in fellowship with the uh, leading brothers, um, they felt it was good, be good, just to seize the opportunity this week to have a couple of uh, talks with you. I like to call these talks and not messages. Even though tonight I'm going to go a little longer, you know, in the prior three talks, it was all about 30 minutes or so. Tonight I'm shooting for about 45 minutes, uh, 50 minutes, something like this. Um, because uh, it is a little late in the evening, and also we have young people who are in summer school of truth and so on. So I understand that. And uh, so let's get into the burden. But before we do this, I want to give you an assignment, all right? This is an assignment to you all. And that is the song we just put on the on the screen, number 151, that song came to me this afternoon as I was praying and preparing for this time. And, you know, we sing this song in the, at the Lord's table or whatever. But today, you're going to see, as I'm going to get into the subject matter, uh, you, you, will, you will fall in love with this song, I guarantee you. And so don't forget, even in these uh, COVID lockdown, quarantine, social unrest, uh, um, convulsive days um, um, in these kind of very difficult times. But don't forget, brothers and sisters, we're still God's people. We're still the children of God. We're still his believers. And so uh, we should redeem the time. Uh, That means we should not be foolish. We should not... um, 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 uh, we, have, we should understand what the Lord's will is. We should not live like the people in the world, just filled with anxiety, just grasped by all the things that are just swirling around us. Almost something bad happens every day. We should not but drunk with wine, but be filled in the spirit, speaking one to another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and psalming, with your heart to the Lord, giving thanks for all things um, um, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, to our God and Father. So, dear saints, don't forget the practical will of God. Pray without ceasing, unceasingly pray, um, and in everything give thanks. And one way to give thanks is to praise the Lord. And one way to praise the Lord, one of the best way is to sing. So how about I give you this assignment number 151, this song. Don't just wait for a Lord's table. Sing this every day, all right? At least sing it for the next three days. I'm going to see you again Friday night. Sing this song. Sing this again and again. Sing it with a spirit of praise. Sing it with a spirit of anticipation of the coming king. Uh, Sing this with joy and sing this with uh, faith 
that we will soon see the kingdom of this world becoming the kingdom of the Christ, of the Lord and his Christ. And uh, I will just jump to the, uh, the, um, the, uh, um, the point tonight, and that is that the solution of all human and societal and national and international problems, you name it, environmental problems, the planet's problems, the social problems, the, uh, the political problems, the, uh, all the things. Uh, uh, today, people are just stirred up to look for uh, peace and, and truth and justice and righteousness and, uh, and equality and harmony and all the good things. I will tell you, brothers and sisters, that, that will not be found in this age, in today's world system. The only way for all these wonderful things to take place, to be manifested, would be in the coming of our Lord Jesus the second time. When he comes and establishes kingdom on the earth, all these things and more will be manifested and would be a reality. You just need to read various prophecies, especially in, the, in, in, in Isaiah, prophesying about the restoration of Israel. That means the time of this uh, coming age, the kingdom age, uh, when the Lord will rule on this earth. And um, that will be the time all problems of the humankind be solved. But let us... Uh, go back uh, to our burden tonight first and set up the uh, background or the backdrop uh, for the burden tonight in tonight's talk. And that would be simply what is happening around all of us right now. First, we have actually before COVID, before even the, uh, the, um, 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 the virus, you know what I mean? Uh, people say, oh, the virus just started all these problems. No, I beg to differ. It is already happening. Do you realize that actually U.S. today, in a certain sense, is already in a civil war? Not the same kind of kinetic war like, what, uh, 200 to 300 years ago of the North and the South, but truly a civil divide, a civil war with great enmity and animosity and antagonism, with hatred and vitriol of the ugliest kind. I mean, if there would be no uh, uh, law and order, there would be no police, there would truly be war on the, in the streets. And I'm not exaggerating things. The political divide, the social divide, the class divide, and so on and so forth. That problem will already exist already exist. And then we have this COVID, this, uh, this uh, pandemic that triggers so many ills and problems that is already there, brewing, already there, festering, ready to explode, ready to come to the surface. And that virus, this pandemic, merely helped that, merely hastened that, accelerate that, to happen in society. Generally, we're talking about the world, but specifically, I'm talking about these United States. 
where we're here, where, where we're in today. And then the pandemic, pandemic caused the, the, the people couldn't go to work. And then there would be the unemployment. Um, and then there would be uh, now even an economic, um, recession, uh, very, very serious one. We're not talking as much about it because the pandemic is before us. And, but that is a very serious thing. The numbers, the statistics is something that we have not seen the likes of it since the Great Depression in the 20s. And then, as if that is not in, in, enough, then this incident in Minneapolis happened of police brutality, of the killing of, uh, of, uh, of um, this African-American man. And that suddenly just opened the door for all manner of racial civil unrest in this society. This society is already, I mean, our country, hanging on a pretty thin thread in a very, very vulnerable condition. Then you throw in this this, uh, this uh, match. I mean, it is just on gasoline. This is on a uh, tinderbox, and the, the whole thing just exploded. So today you have this social unrest, and then and that 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 uh, touches the, the the political situ uh, situation. It touches the economic scene. It touches the health uh, situation. It touches everything. The whole society right now is in a an up evil. Now, all these, all these, when will it end? How will it end? This is what I say. The only way these things will come to an end, truly come to an end, all these uh, problems, all these evil, all this violence, all this lawlessness, and all this inequality, all these injustices, all this all these human problems that has been around since you, since man fell, it only is just uh, getting worse and worse today. Brothers and sisters, only Christ is the solution. And only Christ coming. He came the first time already to begin solving this problem in his way. But sovereignly, he will be coming again. And in that coming, he will solve all these outward problems of the world. And so tonight, I want to just start with a few comments here. And that is particularly related to the current uh, civil unrest and social unrest that is happening. Um, that has to be the do with this racial problem and the um, um, economic uh, inequality of a certain segment of the population, uh, not just uh, African-American, but people being, uh, so, so to speak, disenfranchised. And uh, so there, it stirs up a kind of a, a feeling that there's something deeply wrong, systemically wrong in this country. We have to fix it. We have to reform it. We have to improve these things so our lives will be better. People will be more equal. There will be more righteousness in society, and so on and so forth. And brothers and sisters, and then 
I hear from here, from there, in the social media, in this and that, uh, that uh, that uh, even some of our own young people, younger generation, uh, are just questioning, how come with all of this and, and all the people with their righteous indignation are on the streets protesting, uh, 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 pushing for legislation to reform things and 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 um, improve the whole system and change uh, make um, uh, um, uh, changes in the in the in the system and so on. Why, why is the church not engaged in that? This is a the the noble cause of the day. This is the need right now. How come the church is silent about this? How come the church is not doing something about this? You, the silence means you, you, you are consenting to the evil, to the problems. You're part of the problem. And then some would also, these things come to my ear. You, think, you say, uh, we say we're, we're, we love God and God is love. You're supposed to be kind. You're supposed to be compassionate. But you seem, the church, the churches seem to be doing nothing. You, 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 you seem indifferent. You, you seem um, apathetic. You seem you, 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 there's no empathy here. There's no care um, uh, that, 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 that is being shown forth to all this um, uh, injustice and so forth and the people who are suffering. W- what kind of church is that? What kind of church is that? So with all this uh, in part as a kind of a backdrop, I just have this burden, and I believe I'm not the only one, but other brothers uh, as well. We need to say something to our own brothers and sisters, the saints in the Lord, the believers. What is just what should be our stance? What should be our position? What should be our attitude when faced with these questions, when faced with what is happening in society right now? Who should we side with? Which side are we on, the left or the right? Should we be for the police or against the police? What, what is the church's stand in this? So tonight, to wade into this matter, I would just like to tell you, uh, first thing first, And that is, brothers and sisters, realize whatever the issue may be, not just this, but almost you can say any issue uh, that has to do with our life, that has to do with our attitude, that has to do do with the way we live and carry ourselves and face different kind of problems. We always must go back to the truth. And what truth am I talking about? Sanctify them with your truth. Your word is truth. I want to come back to this again and again, and I want to speak a special word to our young people. We don't base our action, our our stance, our position on our feeling, on our opinion, on our philosophy, on our beliefs, humanly speaking. No, no. We have only one standard in this realm, the realm of God, in the realm of the church. 
in this divine and mystical realm. And that unique standard is nothing less than the Bible, the word of God. So I want to tell you that our dear senior co-workers, Brother Watchman Nee, and then Brother Witness Lee, the ministers of the age, in their ministry, starting way back in the 30s, in the 30s, and then in the 40s, and then since that time, there had been repeated speaking, maybe not voluminous, maybe not um, uh, a lot of this kind of speaking, but surely there has been definite speaking on this subject, and that is the Christian's attitude towards the world and the worldly world situation, or all the problems that befall the human and worldly society, including the things that I just talked about. These things are always there. It's only right now these things are all just percolating and become very, very prominent in our awareness because of the circumstances that we are in right now, especially in this country. It seems like everything is now being brought to a head. There's a confluence of all these factors, worldly factors just coming together, causing a big problem in our nation. So brothers and sisters, let's be clear firstly about this. We must discern, we must uh, um, uh, discuss, discourse, consider all these matters for us based on the truth, the word of God. And this is how we're taught by these ministers, the senior brothers. And um, I would just recommend to you, maybe later on, but uh, there's a book called Normal Christian Faith by Brother Watchman Nee, chapter 15. This, these are messages given in 1937 or so, 36 or 7 in Beijing, I believe. And amongst the, in the audience are a lot of medical students. So these are educated believers. These are uh, intellectuals. These are people um, who have uh, are learned and Brother, Lee, Brother Nee had a very, very logical way of speaking to them. I would even say intellectual way, but based on the word of God to help these um, uh, learned and knowledgeable people in how they should live as Christians. And so I want to recommend that chapter 15, and that is the Christian's attitude towards the world. A lot of my speaking will be based on that. And then you have uh, also uh, in 1948 or 1950, um, these messages for the building up of new believers, also by Watchman Nee, and that would be volume three. Volume three, in there you will find lessons, certain lessons concerning our attitude towards politics, our attitude towards social reform, and the like. This is enormously, enormously helpful. Then here and there in Brother Lee's ministry, Life Studies and elsewhere, you'll find his 
him touching these matters as well. So, young brothers and sisters, in fact, all the saints, I really, really commend uh, these uh, ministry uh, portions uh, or messages or, or lessons to you. And I really, really encourage you these days to read these carefully, maybe more than once, and also prayerfully, all right? With an open mind, with a pure heart, before the Lord, and you will receive much help, like what I have been receiving in these recent days. Now, let me just say this. Um, Besides the Word of God, besides the Word of God as the basis of how we analyze things, even the world, how we um, determined what our uh, attitude should be, what our standing should be, and even our behavior as Christians toward all these things and all these questions. The other thing that we all have to realize strongly, and I will actually maybe even speak more about this this coming Friday, and we have to, that is, we need to know not only the word of God, which reveals to us God himself, God's way of doing things, God's plan and purpose. All right. Even God's, uh, what God has done, what God is doing, and what God will do in the future. You need to know these things to have the thorough, the full picture. All right the full context for us to touch and fellowship about this matter. Not only so, we also have to realize this one thing. This is important. And that is we need to know who we are, number one. And number two, we need to know what the church is. Concerning us, we need to know just who we are today. We were people, sons of disobedience. We were born of the father of lies. We were, um, we came from Satan, from Adam, from the fall. We are sinners. We are dead people. We are uh, the children of the devil. We, that's what we were before. Then we were saved. And so today, we are a different people. I know we're still in the process of being transformed and renewed, but in position, we're a new kind of people. We are believers of Christ. We are children of God. We are people of another kingdom. That is the kingdom of God and of the heavens. We are members of Christ's body. We have been plucked out of the world and its system to be in the church. We are church people. We are the church of God. And so we don't share the same viewpoint. We don't share the same belief. We don't even share the same realm as an unbeliever. How we wish they will come and be transferred from that kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of the son of his love to be in the same realm as we are in. 
We're in Christ. We're in God. We're in the Spirit. And we're mingle with the Lord. Brothers and sisters, this is what we are. We have to be clear about who we are. We are heavenly people. We belong to another kingdom. And finally, we need to know what the church is. What the church is. The three things you need to know. Number one, you need to know the church. What is the nature of the church? Number two, you need to know what is the function of the church. Number three, you need to know what is the commission of the church. And to know all of this will help to guide you. Will help to position you. And even it will help to condition you as to how we should behave in these situations. How should we should make judgment, how we should, what our attitude should be. The church, I tell you, in terms of its nature, it is divine. That means it's godly. It is um, uh, um, holy, the holy nature of God, uncommon. Uh, the church is um, um, has all the attributes of God. The church is righteous, you see, and so on and so forth. The new man, that is the church, is created according to God in the righteousness and holiness of the reality. So this right away tells you the, na- the nature of the church. And also the church, I like to tell you, is what? It is heavenly. It is not earthly. This is not an earthly institution. Apparently it is. But the church, brothers and sisters, is heavenly. It belongs to the heavens. It is not part of this earth. It cannot be earthly. It is also resurrectionly. This is on the other side of the cross. The church, in reality, is not part of the old creation, but of the new creation. It is the new man. So the church is actually just Christ, who is all and in all. Mingle with us, filling us, saturating us, and even becoming us. That is the church. Let us be clear about what the church is. And the church's function, maybe I will talk about this more later on. The church is the body of Christ. The church is the bride of Christ. The church is the kingdom of Christ. The church is the man of Christ. The church is the home of Christ, the dwelling place of God, and so on and so forth. We need to remember these things. That is the church. And then you say, what is the church's commission? I'll get to that in a, in, in a moment. I need to keep the time here. Now, with all of this as a basis, brothers and sisters, we now can talk about what should we do or what our attitude should be in all these things. Well, I will tell you, based on the wonderful, wonderful light that we receive from, especially from Brother Nee, he said, first of all, we admit, we agree, today the world is full of problems. Our head is not in the sand. 
We're not turning a blind eye to what is going on. We're not in denial. We're not a bunch of escapists. You know what I'm saying? Like wishing, you know, kind of, kind of not believing. No, the world is filled with problems. Actually, the Bible has the deepest and the most thorough description of this ruined world that we're in due to the fall of man that started way back when. It's just the civilization of humankind keep developing into a worse and worse condition. But it is always that because man has fallen, because of something called human nature, the fallen human nature of sin and of Satan and of death, that has poisoned man and ruined man. And this is an inside problem. All the problems you see in society without, in the nations, in the communities, where people are, is due to that, the fallen human nature. So admittedly, there's so many problems. Now, the question is, what are we going to do about it? Well, with the human beings, and I'm talking about the many good human beings, noble human beings, philosophers, teachers, educators, um, 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 uh, even today a lot of activists and uh, um, uh, people that want to serve the world. They want to better mankind. They want to save the planet. They want to make everything just and right. There are these people. And in a certain sense, I laud them. I, I'm happy about uh, people who want to do good rather than making the situation worse. And they do this according to their calling or their vocation, uh, according to their conscience, and I have nothing to say about that. They, they want to fight for the rights, many different rights of human being, this and that. Of course, I personally feel um, some of these are quite misguided, but it is their calling. And we're not also turning a blind eye to the suffering, to the inequality, to all the uh, uh, um, uh, problems uh, that human beings uh, face, all the injustices and so on. We're not, we're not happy about that. We're not in agreement with that. So then what should we do about all of this so for me, for us to have a, an empathetic feeling towards those who are uh, unjustly dealt with, uh, those who are um, uh, oppressed, for those who are uh, disenfranchised in many, many different ways uh, among the people, I feel for that. Today, there are a lot of philanthropists uh, putting all kinds of money to 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 uh, 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 cure a disease, to uh, develop the vaccine, to uh, uh, to uh, uh, make water drinkable, to champion social justice, and and uh, uh, all all the um, um, uh, prison system, and so many so many different things, you know, uh, with a good cause and with a good heart, very well intentioned. 
So I'm not here to criticize that at all, at all. But brothers and sisters, here we are. We are concerned with not just that. We are concerned with this, and that is, what about the church? What about the Christians? What should we do in all of this, in light of all this wrong, in light of all these problems? Well, according to our brother, and this is good fellowship, and that is that we need to see, this is a very strange thought, you would not expect it, you have to realize that actually God knows all these problems more than we do. God is more concerned about these problems more than we do. However, however, only he can solve these problems, number one, because he is God. And number two, because not only he can solve these problems, but that he will solve these problems. In other words, he has a plan in place. He has a plan in place according to his purpose. And with that plan, there is a time frame. There's a time frame according to his sovereignty in his economy to work out his solution for the world, if you will, for mankind. That is what we need to know. He has the solution, and he will implement those solutions in his time. Now, what we need to know, brothers and sisters, is we must see the Lord have Jesus have two comings. Now, this two comings of the Lord will make this picture very, very clear to all of us. The two comings of Christ are two pillars in God's full economy, where Christ is the centrality and the universality. And God's economy is simply God's administration, am I right? Arrangement to work out his plan, to carry out his purpose on the earth with the man that he created. And so after man was created, then man fell, then what? Then you almost have to jump right away to the New Testament. Jesus came. Christ, the embodiment of God, came. God incarnate came. Now the question is, what did he come to do? With all these problems at that time in Roman Empire, they have the slavery system. It was a terrible, terrible, evil, social, unjust kind of a system. This is the, the society they were in. And Jesus came. Did he come to lead a revolution, to overturn Roman Empire, to make it just and right? Did he come to the Palestine to what? To be a social reformer, to reform society, to, in, uh, to in, um, 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 uh, 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 bring in new legislation and law and, and to do th- that kind of a thing? Did he come 
to improve the political framework? Did he come to do all those things? Not one bit. He said to Pilate, when Pilate was interrogating him after he was turned over from the Sanhedrin, from the religionist, now the politic, the, the politician is checking him out. He said, my kingdom is not of this world. Right there, the Lord made it very clear. You know, lots of Israelites in those days were ready to make him king. They were going to make him king, but he just walked right out of their midst. The Lord's coming the first time is not to be the king in that way, to change the world system, to bring in his kingdom in that kind of manifested way. No, he came to preach the gospel of the kingdom. He came to cause men to repent and turn to God. He came to... Yes, teach the people. He came to heal the sick. He came to open the eyes of the blind. He came to um, um, resurrect the dead. He came to do so many things to take care of the house of Israel. And then he came to go to the cross and die and die. That's why he came. Jesus Christ came to save the world. Paul says, of whom I am chief. That's why he came, not to reform the world, not to improve the system, not to bring forth a revolution, but to save mankind. Because he knew that the problem is not all those things, those systems. The problem is with man, the human nature. Man is fallen. Man needs to be saved. So he came to save as the shepherd looking for the one lost sheep, right? As the woman who's sweeping to find those lost coins, as the father who is to receive the prodigal. That's why he came. And then he died and he resurrected. It became the spirit so that he can be dispensed into man as life to cause man to be regenerated not just to be redeemed, not just to be reconciled to God, justified by God, but to be what? To be regenerated, to be born again with another life. Listen, the life of God, to become children of God. Enemies now become children of God. Sons of disobedience now become God's own people. That is the church, sinners becoming sons of God and the members of the body of Christ and the kingdom people. And his plan is through this, through that church that is formed through all of this, his redemption and his regeneration, that this church will have the reality of a proper what? A proper manhood collectively, a proper human community, that this church would be actually the kingdom, the nation. You know, the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking. It is what? Righteousness, peace, and and joy, and in the Holy Spirit. And this church is supposed to have all that reality. What the human beings, how they fail, and how they have a ruined community and society Now, 
all the things must be recovered in reality in the church. So the church was his solution. So today, the church, God has no plan, no calling or commission to the church to now you go and reform society. Now you go and change things. No, you continue what I did when I came the first time. So the church today is not here to change society in that way, in an outward material way, but in an indirect way as what? As the light of the world, as the city set on a hill, as the light on top of a bushel, to be to have that uh, 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 to do the work of preservation, to be a preservative to 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 this corrupt earth, to to give light to this dark society, to become an influencer in that kind of a way, not to change the system, not to change all those reform the framework, but to shine, but to uh, salt, uh, but to, and all this, all this would what? Would save mankind. Would, re, would cause men to what? To come to the Lord, to come into God's kingdom, would become children of God with another life. In other words, the church its commission here is actually to save man, to save the sinners. That's the way we influence the world, if you will. That is the way we change the world, if you will. Not by the outward way, but by this highest way, the divine way. Now listen, that is not the end. So today, if the church would have the reality of all these things, I tell you, this church as the house of the living God, as the pillar and base of the truth, this church will shine. This church will impact the world. This church will save men. And the church, to some extent, has done that in these last 2,000 years. Of course, unfortunately, even the church, by and large, failed and become remarried with the world's starting with Pergamos and with Tyre, even marrying not just with the world, but with Satan himself. So that church also failed. But the genuine church, the real church, the church that is possessed of divine reality of all these things, the overcoming church should not do that. The church should be those who hold forth the word of life in this perverse generation. And this is what we are doing today. Brothers and sisters, it is not that we don't care. It is not that we are indifferent. It's not that we are unfeeling or unsensitive to what is going on. I tell you, every day, I keep my ears to the ground to observe what is the situation. I feel for those who suffered, those who died as a human being to another human being. But what as to what is my attitude, my calling, my position, I realize, no, the church as a believer, as a Christian, that is not my calling. That is not God, what God wants me to do. 
to protest this, to protest that. I'm here, the Lord have mercy on me, to pray for the humankind, to pray for the sinners, to pray for the world, for their salvation, that they can come to know God, come to know Jesus as their Savior, that they would be safe and become children of God. Only then will the problem be solved, firstly, in them, in us. The church should be the place where there's freedom and justice and and, and equality and harmony and all these good things. All these things are Christ. Now, let me finish. But that is only God's half of God's work. The first coming of the Lord is to do this. But there's a second coming. And we are towards that time, closer and closer to the end of this age when the Lord Jesus will return in his second advent. He will come again. In this coming, the Lord will not be doing what he did in his first coming. What he did in the first time is eternally efficacious. He he accomplished an eternal redemption for us, those who would believe. But the second time, he will come to judge this earth this corrupted earth, this satanic earth. He's going to judge the nations with a rod of iron. He will bring justice and righteousness to this earth. That's where he will come. And I have many verses, uh, that, you know, just one verse. Let me just quote in, in uh, Hebrews. It says, your throne, O God, Concerning the sun is for an ever and ever, and the scepter of uprightness is the scepter of your kingdom. He will bring in righteousness and justice, the real kind, to this earth when his kingdom will come in that day. Indeed, in Isaiah says, a king will reign according to righteousness, and the rule and rulers will rule according to justice. If the Lord have mercy on us, that we will live an overcoming life, we will also be those who shine uh, as, uh, as the sun in the coming kingdom, in the kingdom of the righteousness. We'll be the sons of righteousness to co-rule with Christ. Then there will be real justice. At that time, he will really reform society. He will change every politics. He will make everything right and just and equitable and good and kind and compassionate. Everything that the created human being longs for, but these things that that has become elusive to man's pursuit. No matter what they do, they can legislate more laws, and those laws actually eventually make things even worse. Brothers and sisters, it is like, look, it is like Noah. Okay, in the days of Noah, the earth was filled with violence and lawlessness and and, and corruption, uh, just like today, as in the days of Noah. Did Noah get on a, a, a reform uh, uh, 
work? Did he did he go try to change the situation? No. It's like it's an old big ship uh, uh, that is just rustic and broken and and. This heap of collapse is unsalvageable, brothers and sisters. So you know what what he did? He went and built another another ship. He built an ark. He didn't go around changing the world. He built an ark. That ark was Christ. And that ark he built turns out to be his salvation and the salvation of his family. Which will... Bring them through the deluge, God's judgment, and usher them into a new world in resurrection, Mount Ararat. A new creation in type. Brothers and sisters, today we're in a similar situation. Our calling, the church's calling, is not to reform and improve society in that kind of a way. Our calling is higher than that. Friends, sisters, I hope that we will have this view. So we're today looking for the Lord's coming, hastening his coming. While we're doing that, how do we hasten his coming? By today living the God-man life, living Christ living the kingdom life, living at the reality of his body. Then and only then we can be the salt of the earth and the luminaries in this perverse generation and become that city that is set on the hill, individually and corporately. That's the real church, the genuine church. And in the meantime, we pray. We pray for the world. Even Paul says we pray for the leadership, those in position. We pray for the people of the nations. We pray for those who are suffering. Not only so, even the Lord says we have to take care of the poor, the needy. We should do these things. These philanthropic things. Philanthropy is two words. Philos, that means love. The word thropy means Man, the love of man. We are to love our neighbor, to help them, to care for them in a compassionate way. We should do that as Christians. But we're not here to engage ourselves with social reform and political reform and this and that. We have to do something that God has destined his church to do, to fulfill her function, and her commission. So today, I just have this final burden, and that is, I set this elsewhere, two things as if just to be very, very simple, what we should do today as the church, church people. Number one, we need to pray. You know, we're very much in the intercessory prayer these days. And come Friday, this Friday, we will launch a new site.
to replace unceasingly pray called beseeching.org, mainly for the United States saints and churches to continue this daily persevering prayer, especially with what is going on, how much intercession is needed. So we need to pray for God's purpose, for Christ's administration, and for the dispensing of God from the throne of grace for all his children, his believers. We also need to pray for men, the unsaved, the sinners. We need to pray desperately for them these days. I'm filled with burden for this. Pray for our relatives. Pray for our colleagues. Pray for our friends. I tell you, everyone right now is stressed out and with great anxiety, hopeless in despair. Will another thing hit us? What next? What is the solution? People need Christ Jesus. They need the gospel. Let us pray. The second is preach. These are the two Ps. Pray and preach. That is the great commission that the church must fulfill in these days. To preach the highest gospel. The gospel of the kingdom. And then the end will come. These are the two things we must do today, brothers and sisters. And I believe for these two things will vitalize us, will vitalize the Lord's recovery in this country, will vitalize the members of the church. Oh, my heart is just burdened to the uttermost for this. Now, I know I've gone long enough and... As I promise, I will maybe just stop here and that we can have some more fellowship this coming uh, Friday. Now, again, my uh, assignment, sing this song 151. With this fellowship, I think you will have a much deeper appreciation of this. Amen. I stop here. Back to you, Mark.